0: Brennan and you are not your fat. Hi everyone and welcome back to you are not your fat. Today we're going to have a look at fad diets Uh, and not run down the list, the gamut of fad diets that are around. Rather I want to have a look at specific aspects of fad diets And in particular, the fad diets that we're seeing around at the moment that have been around for a little while and have come and gone, but are back in favor. And what am I talking about? Low carbohydrate diets. So let's jump in and have a look. I won't be talking about specific commercial diets, mainly because I can't afford any lawsuits, (laughs) Um, but I'm going to be looking at the philosophy and the principles behind these low carbohydrate diets. So, When I talk about low-carbohydrate diets, I imagine you're thinking about things like the ketogenic diet, the paleo diet, and more recently, the carnivore diet. Goodness me, the carnivore diet in particular is a shocker because it's basically just eating meat. But a high-protein diet, just nasty. So when we talk about these fad diets, and they're typically promoting low-carbohydrates, they have a tendency to be promoting in its stead... Uh, high protein, high fat diets. So we certainly know that ketogenic diets look at that. Ketogenic diets are predominantly fat with some protein and minimal carbohydrates. Paleo diet focuses more on what paleolithic man might have eaten um, to the absence of refined carbohydrates and whole grains. So there's some merit there and then this new carnivore diet the way the research i've done shows that pretty much all you're doing is eating meat boring and not at all good for you so each of these diets is suggesting a reduction of intake in carbohydrates and on face value that might seem like a great idea to help lose weight right because we're told constantly too much sugar too much refined carbohydrates that's the problem Um, and yeah it kind of is the problem but it doesn't mean that carbohydrates are the problem But before we get away from ourselves, let's have a look at what carbohydrates actually do for us. Carbohydrates are the body's preferred source of fuel and energy. Our carbohydrates are broken down to their lowest form in our body, to glucose. They're either uh, uptaken by our cells to use as energy, they're stored in our muscles for later use, and some of it's stored in our liver for later use. That's known as glycogen. If we eat more of anything for that matter, but while we're talking about carbohydrates, if we eat more carbohydrates than we need, they will be stored in fat, as fat, I should say. The Insulin, uh, as you possibly know, is very good at, uh, well, not very good, it's actually its job, Um, helps us to take up glucose in our cells to use for energy. It also um, helps us to store any extra glucose that we might have as fat. From an evolutionary perspective, it's very efficient. Perhaps from an Instagram 2022 perspective, it's not so great. However, our body is not interested in Instagram 2022. So energy, it's our primary source. It's our preferred source of energy. It also helps with brain function. Our brain overridingly prefers glucose and carbohydrates, as its energy source you possibly notice if you're studying if you're working and you haven't eaten for a little while or particularly low carbohydrates if you struggle to concentrate a bit more now that's not everyone across the board but it certainly is a thing um, i know i've experienced that if i haven't eaten enough carbs or enough for that matter carbohydrates are also awesome at feeding the good bacteria in our guts You know, there's a lot more talk these days about the microbiome and good bacteria, which is fabulous. Uh, We're still learning about all of the jobs uh, that this good bacteria have in our gut, Um, but certainly it's implicated, or the microbiome, I should say, not the bacteria, the microbiome and the bacteria are implicated in our immune function, in our mental health, and a range of other things, but certainly our capacity to lose weight as well. Uh, The fiber that we get from Our complex carbohydrates, and I'll explain what that means soon as well, actually provide fuel for the cells in our intestines, and they're actually protective. So when you hear about, um, you know, fiber promotes gut health and helps prevention with things like colon cancer, and believe me, colon cancer is multifaceted. This is just one aspect. Don't jump on me if you've got something to say about that, please. The fuel from the fiber that feeds those um, bacteria produces what's known as short-chain fatty acids. And they're actually protective for our gut, for our colon, for our intestine, whatever you want to call it. Um, The beauty of eating carbohydrates for energy also means that we're not breaking down our muscles for energy which if we don't have enough carbohydrates and, and then ultimately enough fats, but usually carbohydrates first, we'll start breaking down protein for energy. Um, it's the body's way of making sure we survive. So we want to make sure we have enough carbohydrates. It also Carbohydrates also help to produce um, some of the amino acids that help to build protein that we don't ne- need to get from our diet. So we can make some parts that help to build the protein structures in our body but we actually need carbohydrates to do it because carbohydrates provide energy and i'm sure you can appreciate if you're building anything you need energy and our body's no different so that's just some of the basic roles that our body undertakes in the presence of carbohydrates and thank you very much carbohydrates what happens if we don't have enough carbohydrates well a few things perhaps though what we should talk about first is A few of the diets that I spoke about that focus on low carbohydrates. So if we look at the ketogenic diet, uh, you may be surprised to find out that the development of the ketogenic diet was not as a weight loss program, was actually developed for pediatric epileptics who weren't responding well to their medication. Um, And by providing a different fuel source for the brain, these ketones, and I'll explain what they are. Um, it actually had a beneficial effect and reduced the amount of seizures that these children were having. So when we don't have a high amount of carbohydrates, the body uses a byproduct of fat metabolism called ketones as an energy source. And so what we would see, what we see with these children is that they were using that uh, alternative energy source, primarily, well, coming from fat, And so you can appreciate, I'm sure, that the byproduct of that was weight loss. Yeah. And so that's how it's morphed into the diet, the weight loss revolution that it is. (laughs) So a ketogenic diet suggests about 70% of calorie intake from fat, about 10% from carbohydrates and the rest from protein, Um, enough protein to make sure that we don't break down our muscles and use those for energy so that the focus stays on using fat for energy so in theory it sounds like a great idea for weight loss so we'll get to why it may not be a carnivore diet i don't have to tell you that if all you're eating meat all you're doing is eating meat then you're missing out on how many vitamins and minerals what nutrients are you not getting Uh, a lot of them you're getting protein you might be getting some minerals from your meat as well but there are so many nutrients that you're not going to be getting, um, as well as all the fiber you're missing out on. Goodness me, wouldn't want to be in an enclosed room with you on the carnivore diet. Ew. <laughs> so hopefully you can see straight away there are not all the benefits that we might talk about. If you're coming purely from a weight loss perspective, then it might seem like the magic cure-all. Uh, paleo diet has kind of faded from being front row centre. There are other fads that have taken over in the meantime, but certainly the paleo diet, talked about eating like paleolithic man, so no processed refined foods, which is an absolute bonus. Um, consuming the whole animal, which is you know great from a nutrient perspective and a sustainability perspective, but it cut out any uh, plants that have been in place since times of agriculture. So specifically whole grains um, and anything that wasn't considered hunted or gathered. So you can appreciate that a whole food group or a large food group has been taken out in terms of whole grains, complex carbohydrates. So while there are some benefits of taking out those refined carbohydrates, the, um, the absence of those complex carbohydrates can be problematic. And we'll talk about that in a moment. So what happens if we don't get enough carbohydrates in our diet well first of all we'll, we'll draw on the, the carbohydrates that we've got stored in our liver known as glycogen to help us out um, for energy we've only got about 24 hours worth of storage in our liver of carbohydrates so that's why we need to consume carbohydrates regularly and therein comes the da, 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 da moment with the keto diet, because the keto diet contains, as I said, minimal carbohydrates. So pretty soon you're going to be, your body's going to be focusing on those, um, the fat that you're eating to produce energy. And there's a whole complex process of how we break down our foods to the lowest possible unit so that they can be um, absorbed and used for energy. I'm not going to go into that now. But when we we change our focus away from carbohydrates to fats, as I mentioned before, it's a process called uh, ketosis. We produce, as part of fat metabolism, ketone bodies that the body can use for energy, which might sound great because it it does lead to weight loss. Short term, sure, no worries. I mean, long term, what is it doing to us? Well, let's have a look. Ketosis in itself um, it can be problematic. It changes the pH or the acidity in our blood. Not awesome. Um, and left unmanaged, it can lead to something called ketoacidosis. And this is potentially life threatening. It can certainly damage our organs, but it can be potentially life threatening. If we think about someone with poorly managed diabetes, for example, they're not using, they're not actually able to uptake. The glucose um, that they're ingesting adequately and so they use fat as an alternative energy source um, but as i said left unmanaged this can be life-threatening to go into ketoacidosis um, for people that have gone on the ketogenic diet they've certainly talked about a phenomena known as uh, keto flu brain fog, nausea, general malaise, which tends to pass um, but it's because the body is adjusting to a new form of fuel. But long-term, guess what happens? Our metabolism slows down to adjust and gets used to it. Um, so that kind of defeats the purposes of your weight loss um, revolution, right? There's also, as I mentioned before, the potential that we're going to start breaking down our muscle and our our muscle that forms our structure, uh, as well as the smooth muscle that that forms our organs. It's a a concept known as gluconeogenesis, and it means that we're getting glucose or energy from forms other than carbohydrates. So I don't particularly want to eat my legs for breakfast, (laughs) so I'm having carbohydrates in my diet. Look, long-term, it's absolutely problematic, and we see this kind of thing in uh, scenarios where people are deprived of food or restrict food or uh, starvation for whatever the reasons that might be. If we look at these diets, perhaps paleo more so in the carnivore diet, we're talking about an increased amount of protein. The amount of protein that we need every day I I believe overall is more than is much less sorry than we're actually consuming. Our Western diet is very protein based and because we have the luxury of having protein available and everywhere, we tend to eat more of it. You know, I would say that I eat more protein than I need. It's very easy to, very easy to. And what are the issues with that, particularly a very high protein diet? Well, the kidneys have to deal with the cast offs. So the protein that we eat gets metabolized. There's byproducts that are toxic to the body, so the kidneys have to deal with that. The liver and the kidneys, in fact, have to deal with that really quickly. Um, the ultimate byproduct that we end up with is urea. And so if you've ever had a blood test, you might see things like that to measure how adequate your kidneys are functioning and if we're seeing measures that demonstrate that our kidneys aren't doing well, it's because we're possibly putting too much pressure on it. Again, there are many reasons why our kidneys may not be working properly. And I'm not getting into the pathology here. But what I am saying is that high-protein diets, sustained long-term, put an extra burden on our kidneys uh, and can lead to you know, uh, poorly functioned kidneys. DERR. I've got a little quote here from the Asia Pacific Journal of Clinical Nutrition about carbohydrate restriction. I thought you might like to hear it. While short-term carbohydrate restriction over a period of a week can result in a significant loss of weight, albeit mostly from water and glycogen stores, of serious concern is what potential exists for the following of this type of eating plan for longer periods of months to years. Complications such as heart arrhythmias, cardiac contractile function impairment, sudden death, osteoporosis, kidney damage, increased cancer risk, impairment of physical activity, and lipid abnormalities can all be linked to long-term restriction of carbohydrates in the diet. It sounds pretty drastic, right? Um, Some of those are discussed with things like lipid abnormalities. That's talking about higher uh, cholesterol levels uh, because we're eating more animal-based products and some of the whole grain or complex carbohydrates help us to keep our cholesterol levels down. Um, I did mention about the the kidney damage and potential risks. If we're restricting our carbohydrates, there's a risk that we're restricting our potassium intake. It's not a foregone conclusion, but it is a possibility. Potassium helps to regulate our heartbeat amongst other things. Uh, And there have been uh, recorded cases where people have suffered cardiovascular issues based on a low carbohydrate diet and I've even read some of some cases where it's resulted in death. I know that's very extreme but it does happen. So we can see that there are some long-term not beneficial consequences of severely restricting our carbohydrate intake. So I guess the question is does looking good and by looking good I'm talking about and I'm using my inverted comma fingers, you know that. Are these health risks worth being skinny or losing weight or whatever the objective is that you might be by undertaking these kind of extreme eating regimes? I would suggest that the answer is no. So, Julie, if you're so dead set against these long-term or even you know reasonably short-term carbohydrate restriction diets, what would you suggest? Well, as always, I suggest to put the focus on health and not what you look like. Remember, you are not your fat, you have fat, and you're beautiful and perfect the way you are. There you go, I got it in. (laughs) Um, But really, with putting the focus back on your health, I mean, I don't want any of those physical problems. So I'm certainly not going to put my body at risk to try and achieve it. Believe me, in the past, I've done all sorts of stupid things to try and lose weight. So um, I'm much more focused on my health. So as far as carbohydrates go, do I need to stop eating them to be healthy, to lose weight? Do I need to, do I need to lose weight? Well, that's a question that I can't answer for you all. Do you need to be healthy? Of course you do. There's a whole world out there. So what do we do? Do we stop eating carbohydrates altogether? Absolutely not. Carbohydrates are not the devil. It's what we do with them. That's the problem. There seems to be a great example is potatoes. People are like, oh, potatoes are bad for you. I remember growing up being a little bit scared about eating too much potato because they were very much vilified. Believe me, potatoes are not the problem. It's what we do with them. Potatoes are magnificent. They're full of nutrients. They're full of uh, antioxidants. They've got a range of benefits for our gut health as well, especially if you're eating a cold potato salad containing beautiful resistant starch, which will feed our gut cells. So um, no, we don't want to stop eating carbohydrates. We want to make sure we're getting a sufficient amount to allow all of those functions to take place uh, that we need them for. So if we're not restricting them, what are we doing? Perhaps we're going to look a little bit differently at what we're eating so uh refined carbohydrates as i said they tend to be a bit more of the problem we're talking about things probably what the best way to describe it would be if we think about white foods that's what i'm talking about so sugar white flour really refined foods um you think about eating a white fluffy piece of bread and it almost dissolves in your mouth yeah that's because it's so refined that the body doesn't have to do much to break it down As opposed to some dense rye bread for example Um, takes much longer to break down takes a bit more effort stays in the gut a bit longer so what can we do well to be honest bread's not the greatest example because I like to think of bread as a sometimes food because at the end of the day we're using refined flour um, that it's perhaps not something that we want to eat every day so when we talk about refined foods As I said, anything that contains flour and sugar as a start. So we're talking about white bread, white pasta. Yes, I count pasta as a refined food and a sometimes food. Um, Some people might go to town on me for this, but white rice. You think about what the texture and um, how you break down white rice, even in your mouth, as opposed to brown rice. It breaks down much faster, doesn't it? Because that external um, casing... The bran has been taken away. There's a polished grain and it's much easier to break down. Cakes, pastries, soft drinks, even juices have a lot of sugar in them, albeit from fruit. But if you're going to have an orange juice, if you had to decide whether you wanted to have an orange juice or whether you wanted to have six oranges, what are you going to do? You're not typically going to sit down and eat six oranges and be like, ah, so refreshing. No, you'd probably have one. So I can see the concentration there, yeah. So it's little tweaks that we need to make. Little tweaks. So instead of looking at, you know, a, a build up of all of those refined foods on a daily basis, maybe look at one or two that you're having and see if there's one a way you could swap it out. Which is not to say don't ever enjoy your sweetie treaties ever again. Not at all. But perhaps on a daily basis, some of these need to come out and be changed up with complex carbohydrates. So when I talk about complex carbohydrates, what on earth am I talking about? Uh, Talking about the foods that in their complexity, hence their name, take longer for the body to break down. And so by doing so, they make us feel full for longer. Uh, It also suggests that they have a fiber content, which is going to keep us satisfied keep us full but it's also going to feed that good bacteria it's going to produce those short-chain fatty acids it's going to be fuel and protective for the cells in our intestine so we want that yeah we absolutely want that the things i'm talking about there are our whole grains our complex carbohydrates uh, our legumes so our things like lentils chickpeas kidney beans Um, brown rice as opposed to white rice the kind of foods that take us much longer to digest Um, and by having to cook them longer that would also suggest that we need uh, a longer time to break them down if you're still dead set that you want to lose weight and by doing it you're going to restrict your carbohydrates i would again say have a look at what you're eating now perhaps there are just a couple of tweaks that you need to make as opposed to taking every carbohydrate out of your diet. Um, government guidelines suggest that we need two serves of fruit per day. Um, some of those fruits, fruits have higher quantities of carbohydrates. What I would really ask you to focus on is eating in season, you know, it's July. So winter in Australia right now. So be focusing on those fruits that are plentiful because they typically have high doses of vitamin C and what do we need in cold and flu season, plenty of vitamin C, So perhaps that's your emphasis instead. Um, As I said, looking at bread as a sometimes food, if you need to swap out the bread or perhaps look at different options. Have you ever tried making sweet potato toast? I've got a little recipe for it on my website that you can have a look at www.juliebrennan.com.au in case you had forgotten. Um, And it's a great alternative and it's kind of novel and it's fun and toasting that sweet potato um, caramelizes. So you still get a nice sweetness um, and all the benefits of eating sweet potato. So simple tweaks. I also have some information on my website that helps you make those little tweaks without having to totally overhaul what you're eating And so even with all of the recommendations that I make, even if you only do one of them, you're still going to make quite a difference. So what is the nugget that I want you to take away from today? Well, there's a couple. Today's nugget, carbohydrates are not the devil. It's what we do to them is the the problem. So rather than removing all of the carbohydrates from your diet taking out all of the beautiful vitamins and minerals that come with those carbohydrates. Let's look at making some tweaks instead, maybe choosing one food over another for the week and see how you feel and see if you've got more energy and see if your your poos are better and see if perhaps you've lost a little bit of weight. As you know, I'm more focused on your health than your waistline. Um, But if that's a byproduct, then that's magnificent as well. So have a look. At the uh, resources that I've got for you on the website, um, and let me know how you go with making some of those changes. My emphasis here is that small changes have profound effects, and I want to make it as easy for you as possible to make those changes so that you can get on with the stuff that you need to get on with. So, as I said, have a look at the resources I've got for you. Let me know if you've got any questions. Let me know if you would like some more help with modifying your diet. You can make a booking to speak to me. You can um, make a booking for an appointment. It's up to you. Um, But let me know how you go. Thanks for listening, everyone. Next week, we're going to look a little bit more at the language that we use around overweight and obesity. And the language that we use to describe people's bodies. And the fact that we're actually using language to describe people's bodies, I think it's a really interesting conversation to have. So thanks for joining me today. Let me know how you go with those resources. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now. want to know more about me and what i do you can find me at www.juliebrennan.com.au you can also find me on instagram and facebook under julie brennan